Caution. Learning in progress. Hello, and welcome back to Smarter Every Season. I am your host for this episode, Tyler Hubert. And this is the podcast brought to you by Precision Planning. And a few different members of the product support team get together, put our heads together, and try to make our listeners and really ourselves smarter every season. At least that is our goal. Uh, So we're getting to a time of year, and this is where we're going to focus pretty heavily in this podcast, where, you know, if you haven't already, it's time to get the combine out. And again, hopefully you have already done that. But we're going to dive pretty heavily in this episode into getting folks prepared to run Yield Sense, and that is Precision Planning's Yield Monitoring System. And I'm joined today in the studio by Wendy Ulrich, and Wendy is our product support lead for Yield Sense. How's it going, Wendy? I'm doing great, Tyler. Thanks for having me on today. Yeah, not a problem. I'm glad that you're here with us. So before we get into some of the uh, heavy-hitting questions, I want to cover two things. Absolutely. I I made a note here, uh, and I got it right the first time, but... It's the only note that I have written down, and I'll take some notes sometimes as we go through the show to say Wendy Ulrich, because at some point I am going to say Wendy Street Matter. I'm going to call <laughs> you by your maiden name, and so let's just get it out there that I'm going to apologize in advance because that's that slip is probably going to happen. I'm going to try to stick to just saying Wendy, but I am joined today by Wendy Ulrich. There we go. I'm two for two, and some of some listeners may know you by your maiden name, Wendy Street Matter. Why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself and kind of how you've come to be in this role at Precision Planning? Yeah, absolutely. And as Tyler said, my Street Matter name is still floating around. So that is, I'm the only Wendy here at Precision, as far as I'm aware. Yeah, so I got involved with Precision Planting uh, right in high school, actually. I started with a Precision Planting dealership and worked for them for four years. See, now I didn't know that. I didn't realize that you had started... Uh, So I am, of course, familiar with the dealership that you were with. I didn't realize you started there in high school. Yeah, so I did it as part of our co-op program. Basically, I took the opportunity to get out of classes and work instead. So I was (laughs) all all for that. Which, your family farms. Yes, but I knew that I wanted to start getting work experience somewhere else. And so I, I got started with them. They're actually partly my relatives. And it was a perfect opportunity for me. And... And was a great, great learning experience and, and business awesome. to work for. Awesome. And so that gave you some exposure to precision planning. And you interned at precision planning before you ended up coming on full time. Is that correct? Yes. So I interned with R&D or basically Corey and Aaron uh, harvesting plots for the most part in the fall for several months before joining product support in January of 2020. So I've been in the cool. product support role for about a year and a half now, two yeah. springs. Okay. But, of course, you came to us with some really good product knowledge and hands-on experience, having having been a part of the Precision team long before joining the product support. Yep. Support I like to team. think so, at least. Yeah. You bet. Well, awesome. Well, before I get into really the hard-hitting questions with, with YieldSense, because that's the goal today, I want to just bring up that uh, we're going to go down, down memory lane a little bit and kind of give everybody a little bit of a history lesson. Uh, it was about last October when we actually started doing the Smarter Every Season podcast. And our second guest, second episode, second guest was Will Frank. And Will Frank is a project manager in our R&D department. And he largely focuses on Yield Sense, Cedar Force, and 
frankly, this was a year ago. So, so Will's repertoire might have expanded a little bit since then. But before we get into the conversation here with Wendy, I just want to remind everybody that of that episode. And if uh, you haven't listened to it, I would strongly encourage you to go back and do that. In that episode, Will does a really good job of taking us through a very detailed explanation of how YieldSense came to be. You know, kind of a history of yield monitors. How and why was YieldSense developed? Uh, what unique components are there that make up YieldSense? And then how to, to fine-tune the system or how we feel like we've really made a very accurate yield monitoring system. So that episode is still very relevant today. It plays very well with what we're going to be talking about. But I just want to kind of remind everybody uh, of that episode and encourage people to, again, go back and listen to that if you haven't already. And uh, before we conclude this episode, I'll give everybody a, a reminder to go back and listen to Will's episode. But the focus today is really from a product support standpoint of getting a grower ready to go to the field and run the yield sense system. And so these are kind of going to come off some of the questions that we talk about today are going to kind of be general reminders or best practices from a more technical standpoint to get a grower ready to go to the field. So, Wendy, let's start here. For YieldSense users, what is the software version that you recommend them starting the season with, or what's the kind of software strategy? So I'll tee you up like this. Let's start with the Gen 1. Yep, absolutely. So it is going to vary per gen of monitor, just like our planting software does. So Gen 1s are going to be on 2017.1.4. That is the latest and final software version for Gen 1s, just like with planting. Um, Gen 2s, sticking with 2020.0.1 software, also just like for planting season. And then with Gen 3, it becomes a little bit new, more nuanced. So let me stop you there. Gen 1 and Gen 2, those software versions that you just talked about, you can find those on the on the website. Yes. Precisionplanning.com. Yep. yep. Okay. Yep. Very good. And then what were you going to say about Gen 3? Yes, so uh, Gen 3s, as you may be a little bit familiar with, we have the 2021.0 branch and the one branch. Uh, there's not a lot of difference in the features between the two of them. So we recommend sticking with whichever one you planted with because that's what you're set up in currently. So if you planted in 2021.0.1 software, we recommend you stick with that. So 2020. 1.0.1 is the latest in the .0 branch. If you did plant with the 2021.1.5 software, that is fine to harvest with. However, there is an issue with the map on the Gen 3. So the map displays artificially high. The data is correct. The data will import into third-party systems, but it does display wrong. We are planning on releasing an update for that in the next couple of weeks currently. So if you have a guy starting shortly, then 2020.1.5 is good to start out with, but upgrade to 1.6 whenever that's released. So so if I am somebody that finished my planning season on 2021.1.5, because of that mapping issue, would we recommend them going back to like 0.1 or just stick there? and wait for 1.6. My only concern with backdating from 2021.1.5 to .0 is there are some changes in the prescription and boundary setup, as well as some minor planting configs. So it's a little bit of hassle. I would recommend if you do do this to export all of the files off of the Gen 3 onto a flash drive and kind of just set that to the side, backdate to your 2021.0 software, 
and then have that flash drive ready to basically flash the 2020 back over to your original configuration for next year. Okay. All right. So to kind of summarize that for the Gen 3, uh, if you were on 1.5 and you have to start your first week of September, go ahead and stick with 1.5. Know that there may be a mapping issue that comes up. All of the data should be accurate and pay attention to 2020.ag. That is the website where we've been putting Gen 3 software on. Pay attention because hopefully soon we'll have 1.6 available. That takes care of that issue and then... Away we go on 1.6. Yep. That's perfect. And we will release communication to our dealer network when we do that too. Okay. Okay. And now is there anything new as far as as features or setup around Gen 3 software this year that we want dealers to be aware of? So uh, there is some slight changes between any 2021 software versions and last year's 2020.0 software. So if you have a grower who is running the commercial standard software release, which was 2020 last year. Um, You probably already went through that change and setup with him this spring, but there will be some slight combine changes also. It's pretty simple on the harvest side. You just have to add the moisture system in as a system rather than selecting it on the main general page. The only other difference that is it's kind of a difference between Gen 3s and Gen 2s and 1s even, is now we add in the functionality of the cab control module. So regardless of whether your cab control module is plugged in or not plugged in on your Gen 3 monitor, you will need to go to the setup under setup systems display and set your cab control module to present or not present depending on whether or not you have it plugged in. On Gen 1s and 2s, we always recommended unplugging it. Um, So I believe default in that Gen 3 now is that it defaults to present. We're used to unplugging that cab control module, and then the 2020 is still looking for that cab control module and doesn't want to start swathing or starting to read harvest data until that setting has changed. So make sure you look for that. So yeah, think back to kind of training that we had this last winter when we talked through some of the changes going from year 2020 up to 2021 software and going to that software where you have to set up until the 2020 where everything is, right? That very scalable platform of software. And we really talked about that quite a bit in virtual training at the time. So like you said, if I have anybody that was on that year 2020 software or a 2020 dot something and I'm now going to 21 some of that platform is obviously applying to the yield sense software and so you'll have to set up the moisture system and like you said calling out um, telling the 2020 that that cab control or switch box as it's affectionately referred to is present or not present yeah okay awesome I would like to add one more note in there Um, anytime we're switching from implements a pop-up comes up that says are you sure you want to do this? Uh, current configuration will be overrided or overridden. Um, and it's pretty easy to just click OK and move on. But I do want to call attention to that. If the grower has his planter all set up and say he's on dot one software, we don't list the software versions aside. Anytime we switch implement, we need to make sure we have our current implement saved so when we come back to our planning season, all we have to do is load that back in instead of setting it up. How do you recommend doing that? Yeah, so two ways. The Gen 3 does have a feature to save that. It's a save and load option in your planner, in your equipment tab. So you can just simply save it and name it there. 
or um, it's also a good practice to export it to a USB drive also. Okay, awesome. So if I'm a dealer that's maybe supporting a system for the first time, what resources would you recommend that I, I start with to kind of educate myself on how the system is going to work, get a combine set up or get a grower set up for the first time so that I have confidence that system is going to work well going to the field for that grower? Yeah, so on our cloud, so cloud.precisionplanning.com, the product resources, there is a good overview um, that shows, I think it's called the process overview, that shows what is required for YieldSense to run. So I would recommend looking through that and gaining an understanding of how the calibration process and the loads true process works. Once again, I think uh, Will did an awesome job of explaining that loads true up in in particular in the previous podcast. So go back and listen to that if you wish. And otherwise, that process overview is is helpful there. Okay. So now, frankly, there's probably a lot of dealers out there, uh, and maybe you came across this in a in a previous life that have ran the system before, but they just kind of need that couple minutes of refresher, like. What's the three to five steps, Wendy, that, that when I jump into somebody's combine and get them set up, I've got experience, but it's it's been 10 or 11 months since I set a system up. Um, can you give me kind of maybe the, I'll say two to five steps of remember to do this, this, and this to set up that yield sense system, and away you go. Yeah, so the first things that I do like to call out, um, we already talked about, about making sure you save your planner configuration. I know I'm talking a lot about that, but it's so easy to miss because our minds aren't in the planner season. And once we come back to planner season, if we don't take those steps now, it, it's, it's painful. Um, so making sure you save your current um, configurations before switching is always important. We recommend doing a crop calibration or the initial calibration as it's sometimes called each year. In the Gen 1 and 2, that automatically pops up. I believe in the Gen 3 now, it does not automatically reset that default. Um, But that crop calibration is that initial 25,000 pounds. Would you recommend somebody, even though we don't force you to do that, redo that crop constant now in the Gen 3 monitor, would you still recommend that somebody... um, redo their crop constant every year, redo that calibration, that twenty-five initial 25,000-pound load? So it becomes particularly important if there were mechanical changes to it. Um, so if new sprockets or a new chain was installed, if the flow sensor was reshimmed um, or any other modifications, I think we can kind of get away with it per se if the combine has sat in the shed and not been touched. And I guess on that note, that would be my step number three. Make sure your chain's tight. Make sure the chain is healthy. Make sure the flow sensor is still shimmed correctly. Use that little thumb gauge as a double check. So that that would be the other thing to check while you're at that combine setting that monitor up. Make sure you look at those physical components too. Awesome. Love it. Okay. So let's jump into a little bit of like light diagnostics. Um, I think you've done a great job highlighting what guys can can pay attention to, uh, make sure it is in fit condition before going to the field to get a good experience. In the event that diagnostics does need to happen, maybe something doesn't feel accurate or the 2020 alerts you that there is something red in the diagnose screen or a component that maybe is not 100% healthy, what resources do you recommend that, that 
dealers be prepared with kind of ahead of time to fully diagnose any kind of problems with the yield sense system? Yeah, so there is a specific troubleshooting tree on the cloud. It's called the Yield Sense Service Manual. Um, so just like we have those troubleshooting trees for planting, we do have that for Yield Sense also. So that's an awesome resource to refer to. The other thing I think about with diagnostics, when the customer or you're in that combine and it's not reading an accurate or expected yield, let's stop and think about what yield is. So yield is bushels per acre. And so where I like to start with this is let's separate the bushels and the acres. So if we look first at bushels, usually we calculate yield in both wet and dry. So the first question would be there, is my wet yield correct separately from my dry yield? And if there's the discrepancy only between my wet and dry pounds there, now I can start looking at my shrink factors, um, my moisture values, my... um, crop settings that I I have ability to change in the 2020. Basically, if that wet pounds is accurate, then we know it's something in math, right? So where we're pulling in kind of raw data is from the moisture sensor, is from the flow sensor, right? That pad that sits at the top of the clean grain elevator. So if those things are accurate, but dry yield is not, then we have something in a calculation or a setting and how we're doing, as Paul likes to refer to it, maths. And how we're doing math yes, to get to yes, our dry yield, yes, right? Yes, And then, so walk that back. If we have a situation adversely where the, the uh, wet pounds is, is not accurate, where do we go from there? Yeah, so by far, I think what I often see is that wet pounds isn't accurate. So I think we have a tendency to get caught up in the complications of the maths and <laughs> think... Effective Um, use of math. Nicely done. (laughs) Yeah. But if our wet pounds aren't correct, then we need to start there. So wet pounds is coming from my flow sensor. That's where those mechanical aspects of it uh, start to be really important. And going back to do I have buildup on my uh, flow sensor? Is my flow sensor correctly shimmed? Is my grain property bucket missing? Um, All of those mechanical parts of my system. Assuming my wet bushels are correct and my acres are wrong, now we're looking at a different set of readings. When am I swathing on and off? What is my speed source? Is my speed accurate? How am I counting acres? So Perfect. Yeah, and to your point, too, with kind of going back to calling out the things that if, if wet pounds is inaccurate, what we look at, Will Frank does an awesome job, again, going back to that podcast episode, talking about the significance of each of those pieces in calculating yield. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. Yeah, I think that's awesome. Anything else to add there? That's the basics of it. Once again, I keep saying this, but I encourage you to listen to Will's podcast because a lot of understanding yield sense is understanding um, how these metrics work together and how we're calculating yield. And if we can understand that, um, the calibration process, the loads true up process, and even basic accuracy and troubleshooting becomes a lot more clear. Yep. A hundred percent agree. Awesome. I will admit, and I, I don't think that maybe folks that call into product support always know this so much. Some do. I mean, I, we're, we're fairly open about this, but just to kind of give everybody a little bit of a glimpse behind the velvet rope, if you will, there's a fair few times in product support where with an incoming call, we need to go to somebody else's desk and confirm our thinking on something or run a quick question by somebody. So I will openly admit that I lean on you quite a bit for yield sense questions. So because 
a, a fair portion of the team, just to kind of refresh our memory, and we know you're pretty good at it, we'll come to your desk probably this time of year or as the first combines start to roll, and we'll ask some yield sense questions. So what are the pearls of wisdom that you can kind of pass along to the dealer network just to say, and maybe you've already hit on them, but hey, remember to do these couple things because these are questions that my coworkers always come to me with. <laughs> so I know if they're coming to me, it's coming from the dealer network. Just just keep these things in the back of your mind when you're setting up a yield sense system and don't overlook them. Yeah. So a couple common questions or a couple things that are easy to overlook. Uh, first of all, the Gen 3 harnessing layout um, or diagram is in the Gen 3 ops guide so the 2020 harvest ops guide which is both on the 2020 page and the yield sense page on product resources so currently our installation manuals do not include gen 3 steps in them so if you're struggling with that or have any questions over what that harnessing looks like or have one of those special gen 2 systems with two ysms um, the gen 3 ops guide has some awesome layout for you in there Extremely valuable over when doing over-the-phone diagnostics, Absolutely. which is primarily what we do, but our dealer network does some of that as well. Right? Yeah, once again, understanding, too, what's running where on what system. Um, it does have part numbers of harnesses in there, too, so that's helpful. Another thing that I see missed um, or is easy to miss is the speed source. Um, on the harnessing when you're when you are installing it or even just moving it over from the planter. So on the DBM, that's your base module for Gen 3s, there is a speed input, a uh, speed radar. It's got a little Y on it, same one you use for planting. And that speed connection, my GPS connection, has to be plugged in to either my GPS or my cab harness if I'm using the external GPS. Once again, look at a di diagram for more details there, but make sure that connection is plugged in and you don't leave that connection in the planter tractor. That's a great one because I think what happens a lot of times is when that DBM gets unplugged, you pull all the connections out the back, you take the DBM, you bring it over to the combine, and it's an 8-pin connection into the DBM, wise off to two 4-pins like you yep. talked about. Yep. One is labeled radar, one is labeled GPS. But that GPS four pin stays connected into the adapter harness in the planner. Yep. That goes into whatever GPS yep. system you're using. <laughs> yep. And so that harness doesn't make it over to the combine. Yeah. And so that's an excellent reminder that that, that needs to come with. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. Awesome. Well, Wendy, I really appreciate you being with us here today. Is there anything that I've forgotten? Is there anything else, closing thoughts that you want to recommend to give dealers, customers a good experience running YieldSense this year? I was trying to come up with a smart comment, but it slips me. <laughs> I, think, I think basically what you're trying to say there is no. I, I pretty much, Tyler, no. I gave you everything I had when you were asking me questions prior to this point. Do you know what, Tyler? I think you do an awesome job with these podcasts, an awesome job preparing um, me for it and preparing questions for it. So I have nothing more to add. You, that, you flatter me, Wendy. That was well worth the 20 bucks I paid you to say. <laughs> Between that and Will Frank's podcast, um, I, I have nothing more to say. Yeah. I think we've pretty well belabored the point. Again, Will does an excellent job. This is it's episode number two um, of explaining the importance and how we arrived at why we need to have our own flow sensor pad that goes at the top of the clean grain elevator. 
you know, what the significance is of the grain property bucket. He does an awesome job unpacking all of those things. So when you really start to understand the significance of them, you understand what makes yield sense accurate. And to your point, Wendy, you did a great job detailing, you know, why to not overlook those components or what, what each of those kind of do in the system when it comes to some light diagnostics. So awesome job. Thank you, Tyler. All right. Well, thank you very much again to Wendy Ulrich. Nailed it. I think that was three <laughs> out of three. Thank you very much to Wendy Ulrich for being with us here today. I want to thank everybody again for listening. If we don't get a chance to say it again, I hope everybody has a very successful and safe harvest coming up over the next couple of months. And again, thank you so much for listening. This has been the Smarter Every Season podcast. And until next time, we'll see you.